Uh, guys, before we get started, I want to uh, just wish out, you know, our thoughts and prayers for uh, Marcus Paul and his family and uh, the entire Dallas Cowboys organization. Uh, this is a guy that's very well respected through the league, very well respected in this building. There's a lot of people with very close personal ties and just, you know, the reputation throughout the league. You, you don't want to see this happen to anybody. So our thoughts and prayers are to him, especially this time of year being Thanksgiving. You know, we want everyone to have a happy, safe uh, Thanksgiving. We don't want anything bad to happen to anyone in the league. So our thoughts and prayers go out to Marcus and his family. Um, you know, today we shifted over our focus to Cincinnati. Uh, we've moved forward with that coming out of the bye week. Obviously, our focus last week and early this week was more on the New York Giants and what we had to do, you know, collectively as a team on our own self-scout focus. Now we're fully on the Bengals. You know, I'd say this is a team right here. That this is a, this is a very talented team. They've done a very good job assembling talent. Uh, obviously, the injury of Joe Burrow, he's a tremendous player. But I'd say this, you know, between Allen and Finley, they have two very capable quarterbacks. You know, and they have an elite receiving group that make their offense, you know, a threat every time they're on the field. They do a great job. Zach really schemes it up. He knows how to call it against opponents, makes great adjustments in the game. You know, does a really good job of getting the team on the field and extending drives. They got 29, I think, drives over 10 plays this year. It's one of the top in the league. And that just shows that they can get out there and really sustain drives and put things together. You know, defensively, Lou does a great job. He really coordinates it from the back end going forward. I think his DBs are very opportunistic. That shows up with the nine interceptions this year. It shows with how they win their leverage and sustain their leverage throughout coverage. They're a very aggressive press man team. They make you work for everything you're going to get. Our receivers are going to have a challenge ahead of them this week. We have to win. We have to get open. We have to finish catching the ball. They're you know very competitive going all the way to the ground to get that ball off you. And then I'd say in the kicking game, look, it starts with Darren Sims. This guy's been there for 18 years. And knowing him personally, going against him, Look, simply put, this is one of the best coaches in the National Football League. He's a tremendous coach in terms of identifying talent, developing players. His players play hard. They're fundamentally sound. They're situationally aware. So this is a very good coaching staff. These players are well coached. This is a very talented group of players. They play hard. Uh, we would expect nothing more, nothing less than 60 minutes of hard competition. Uh, we've got a big challenge ahead of us this week, and we have to go ahead and put everything into it. That being said, open up to any questions you may have. We'll start with a few questions uh, from anyone who regularly covers the Bengals. Uh, ben? Yeah, hey, hey, Joe, you know, when you when you got on board and you were trying to establish a culture, what was the biggest thing that you needed to do and you felt like you had to do in order to get the kind of culture that you wanted initially? Yeah, the message for me was always just the most important thing is the team. And I think that has to resonate throughout the building first to make sure everyone in the building understands the players are the priority. And then when it gets into the players joining you in spring, although last spring was virtual, is really getting the message out to them that everything we do is for them. You know, every resource we have in the building is established for the players to use, that everything we do schematically is to give them an advantage. Everything we do in development is to try to help them develop. You know, it's all about the team. And, and once they understand that, that we have their best interests at heart, then it's probably a little bit easier for them to buy and understand we're trying to do things to help them individually as a professional and collectively as a team. Uh, I've seen nothing less than that with our team. Uh, we've got a great feel in our locker room. We have guys go out there and play hard for each other on a weekly basis. We have guys that are really fun to work with. They're very competitive. They show constant improvement. And, you know, to me, that all just stems back for knowing there's something bigger than yourself. And you got to kind of get outside your own ego and make sure you get into what the, is most important for the team. Laurel. Hi, Joe. Uh, thanks for taking time with us today. Um, how difficult is it preparing for this Bengals offense, um, not really having a good sense of what these two quarterbacks, it, it seems like they're going with Brandon Allen, um, who we haven't seen. How big of a challenge is it preparing for that? Well, Zach's going to make it a challenge every week regardless. This guy does a really good job of establishing a game plan. The thing I think he does really 
better than most in the league is the adjustments he makes throughout the game. You know, he's got his base offense. He goes into it with you can identify how he's starting to attack you, but then throughout the game, he changes it up continuously. You know, he does a really good job of getting down the red area and getting the ball across the goal line. Uh, he's really got a, a great offensive mind right there. I think the thing about these guys is these receivers are really elite. They've got good runners. They've got a solid offensive line. These guys play very tough and competitive. And the thing I tell you, you know, on the note right there that we haven't seen Brandon Allen, we have seen Brandon Allen. We saw him in Denver. We saw him in L.A. Some of it maybe preseason. You know, they played. he played himself against the Giants in previous preseason. So there's been some familiarity with this guy. The thing you see with him is he's a confident player back there. Uh, he's a very accurate passer. He's knowledgeable within the system. You know, he can make the guys around him better by distributing the ball. And then Finley, the thing that he really brings to the table is he's an aggressive young quarterback. He can make the throws, but he's athletic. And he can break the pocket. He can stand it. He's not hesitant to pull that ball down and scramble and make plays with his legs. So, look, right now we're preparing for, you know, Allen was obviously announced today through the press, but we're preparing for Allen as well as Finley because we have to expect to see at least a little bit of both throughout the game. So both are very capable quarterbacks. Both present a lot of challenges, and we've got to really make sure that we're working hard this week for both guys. Bruce Beck. I know this season is a lot about improvement and progress, but with six games to go, you have a great opportunity in front of you, and I want to know if you embrace that opportunity as a football team looking at the NFC East. Yeah, Bruce, not to give you coach speak, we definitely embrace every opportunity. I talked to our players today about embracing the opportunity we have to go out there today. You know, um, look, I think when you look at this division, this is really the starting point for the division. All right, we're coming out of Thanksgiving after this, you know, this weekend. Everyone's really on equal ground. The only thing that matters is what we do from this point forward. We've got to show consistent improvement. I think our players have done that throughout the year, but nothing before this game is going to matter. Nothing's going to help us beat the Bengals other than what we do this week to prepare and how we execute for 60 minutes against Cincinnati. So in terms of the entire division, the most important thing truly is what I always say, is being a better team every week and being a better team at the end of the season because everyone right now is on equal ground going forward. Forge. Hey, Joe. Hey, Paul. Um, hey, um, you know, every game I'm sure you prepare a certain way. I'm sure you do. Um, but this game is a little different. It's coming out of the bye. You know, the Bengals just lost their, their rookie quarterback who everyone was talking about. You guys are favored on the road. Um, is that a mindset that you see in the building? Is it a mindset you want to get out of the building? You know, this whole, okay, the Giants are supposed to win this game. I'm sure as a coach you hate the word supposed. Yeah, the message I always have to the players is, look, if you start reading headlines and you want to believe the good, then you better be ready to believe the bad. Because a lot of the same people are writing two different stories about you weeks apart, so you can't go with the roller coaster up and down. Whatever's said on the outside of the building may have some truth to it, but at the same time, we can't let that dictate how we prepare or the flow that we have and the mindset we have. Today's Wednesday. Today's a work day for us. We've got to get out there on the field. Our guys have to start from scratch with fundamentals. We've got to get our bodies moving. We have to knock off some rust from having a bye week. All right, we have to make sure we get into the game plan for the Bengals and that we understand that so we can come in tomorrow, correct what we need to, and take a step forward with the rest of our game plan going in. So, look, just because we've had you know, some games go the same, a different way than maybe earlier in the season's last couple of weeks, that does not change how we prepare. It does not change our mindset. Every week we truly work to be 1-0. That's the only important thing on a weekly basis. And our players, I believe, understand that you know, everything we do okay, adds up, but ultimately it only matters what you do for those 60 minutes or those three-hour windows on Sundays when it really matters. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. Patty. 
Hey, Coach, how are you? Good, Patty. How are you doing today? Doing well. Uh, two quick questions for you. Brett had uh, Brandon Allen down in Arkansas when, when the two of them were down there. I'm just wondering how much information can carry over from those days. Obviously, that was a few years ago, but is that information still valid? Well, I'd say it's valid in terms of knowing the guy's mindset. And, you know, we talked about Brett with Brett, about Brandon already. And the things he talks about is his poise, his composure, his competitiveness. The tape really tells you what you need to know about the guy as a player. Knowing the guy's mindset from his former head coach, that's critical right there. And Brett has a great tie with all of his players. He really understands what makes these guys tick and what kind of guys these guys are in the huddle. And he's described Brandon as, is this guy's a leader? This guy's going to get in the huddle. He's going to have 10 sets of eyes that are confident in what he's telling them. And they're going to go out and play aggressive for him. And you watch his tape, he gives his receivers a chance to make plays down the field. That's one thing about him is he's not afraid to throw it in tight windows. And these receivers have all shown they're very capable of making those 50-50 catches. I mean, this is an elite receiving group. We've got to acknowledge that this is one of the best in the league. And these guys have made a ton of plays already down the field. And then just one quick follow-up, not related, but the team put out a video of you reaching out to some new season ticket holders. And I'm just wondering, why did you feel it important to do that? You know, this is something they presented to me, and I absolutely jumped on it. Um, look, I think sometimes what gets lost in the shuffle sometimes is the connection that we have with the fans. And this has definitely been a year we haven't been able to have that connection. So any opportunity I had to be able to just interact or speak with any of the fans, look, that to me is critical, and it's critical for our team. Um, there is obviously there's a loss of an element of this game with having empty stadiums. And, yes, there is a noticeable difference whether you play in a stadium of 3,000 people or 20,000 people wherever we've been in this year because there's a noticeable energy in the stadium. Now, that being said, there's only 11 on the field, and you've got to bring your own energy, and you have to play. But when there's people in the stadium, there's fans and energy, that's critical to the game. That's a flow of the game. And I worked with a guy a long time ago who used to say all the time, we don't need drugs, we're football junkies. And that's the truth is the energy on Sundays really is what you work for. You put all the time in throughout the week, you invest it all, and you go out there for three hours on Sunday, and that's that adrenaline kick that you really work for. That's the thing you can't stop coming back to over and over. And really that ties back into the fans and the players and how they compete on the field. You know, the other thing being said too is, listen, it's been a very tough year around the country for a lot of people. And the fact that we have people willing to invest their own hard-earned money in this time into us it's important they understand that we're invested in them as well, and the product we want to put on the field has to reflect them and what they're fighting through as well. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Patty. Tom Rock. Joe, first of all, can I just ask a couple of uh, quick logistical questions? Yes. Uh, today, today will be the first day that you're on the field as a team since the Eagles game, I think? That is correct, uh, yes. All together. And then what are, you, what are your plans for tomorrow with the team? Yeah, so tomorrow will be – we're going to start a little bit earlier. It's going to be – you can call it a normal Thursday for us, Tom. It'll be virtual meetings. It'll be on the field, normal practice. The biggest difference will be when practice is over, we're going to cut the players loose. So they should be out of the building tomorrow, call it 1.30. All right, and then we'll bring them back in on Friday. We'll add a little bit more time on Friday morning to review the tape from Thursday and make up that lost time we had. So we'll start a little bit earlier. Most of the guys don't mind that. It gets them kind of going in the flow of things. Tomorrow's obviously a critical day. It's Thursday. We work all the situations, two-minute, third down. We introduce red air review early downs. We get all the special teams worked on Thursday. So Thursday's a big day for us. Um, but we want to make sure that we take time and we understand that it is still Thanksgiving, guys. There's certain days of the year you've got to make sure you dedicate that family is a critical part of it. Friends are a critical part of it. We want to make sure that when the work's done, we can go home. We can, you know, guys can, I guess, put their hair down. I guess that you know, refers to Nate Ebner more than anybody, I guess. But they can kind of relax and, you know, spend a little bit of time with their loved ones. And then uh, if I could ask you about Daniel, you know, the, the last two games, do, 
does it feel like he's sort of gotten over a little bit of a hump here? I just see constant improvement with him on a weekly basis, Tom. I think every game is very unique. It's very independent of the one before. The lessons you learn from the previous game, you take forward, and you don't want to repeat mistakes. I think Daniel's just done a good job of really growing in this system. I think he's done a really good job of growing as a player right now, and I see a lot of growth with him. A lot of things you guys don't see behind the scenes that we're not always going to share, but the way this guy is outward with his teammates or the reception he gets in team meetings or locker rooms and things like that, you can really see the team growing around him. This guy's an integral part. He's a leader on this team. He's a quarterback. We all have confidence in him, and we love putting him on the field on Sunday and letting him go out there and compete. Hey, Joe. Um, I was wondering if you uh, if you saw the video of Graham Gano uh, making a makeshift uh, little practice situation in his hotel room and what, what you made of his all set up. Yeah, he better open the windows. Cincinnati doesn't have a dome, so I don't know what the hell he thinks he's accomplishing there. But, uh, I mean, obviously this is a guy who's probably going stir crazy. He's chomping at the bit to get back with us. You know, our biggest priority right now with him is just his health. And when the doctors say he's good to go, we'll put him out there and we'll start swinging away. Jordan. Hey, Joe. Off that, you, you had four positive tests last week during your bye week. So you, you come back this week. How much does that change your operation overall? Yeah, actually a good bit, Jordan. You know, what we've been doing the last few weeks has been Wednesday. We've been in the building for install meetings and then reviewing the tape in person on the back end. Thursdays have been virtual all the way through for really the last chunk of weeks. Friday's been in-person day. What we've changed this week is we're going to do all virtual meetings Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's install meetings and the review of the tape on the back end. Now, Thursday's a little different being Thanksgiving, as I just referenced. That, in that review meeting will be actually Friday morning. However, the other precaution we've taken, you know, Monday, one to have a team practice. We chopped that up, end up doing more small segment, small group, individual focus practices, which, to be honest with you, we talked to staff in terms of coming off a of bye week, that may be the way to go from now on. We thought we had a lot of productive work as far as knocking off some rust. Um, it probably would have been a little better if we'd been on the field last week uh, for Tuesday and Wednesday we were, as we initially planned. But that may be a good way for us to come out of the bye continuously going forward of getting guys going back in. You know, I'd say the rest of it is, you know, we've been following the same protocols the entire time. Our guys' antennas are definitely up. They're very receptive. But in terms of chopping up the weight room, chopping up, you know, time in the locker room has really been critical for the entire league. And that's what a lot of the league memos reference is getting the guys out of the locker room where they, you know, turn, where they naturally talk and hang out and are pretty close to each other, even though we have the spacing built in for them. So we're kind of segmenting when they get in the building, when we let them off the field at the end of practice. There's a certain group of guys that may go lift weights after practice. Some younger guys will keep on the field for a little extended drill work, and then another group will go to the locker room. That'll kind of you know cycle through the showers, getting dressed, that we don't have everyone in there at the same time. So we've had to be very particular about how we set up the flow of the day that way, Jordan, to make sure everyone just doesn't cluster together. Um, now that being said, you know, look, we started this back in the spring. I think that was the best preparation we could possibly have for the season is this virtual world we're meeting in. Our guys have been tremendous with it. You know, you click on there. You know, we talk about having a professional setting. All of our guys are in a good, quiet place. They can concentrate at home. You know, you can watch it in the grid format like we do right here, and you can see everybody's eyes. Everyone's locked in. Everyone's tuned into each other. That's all been very, very positive. You hear horror stories from other teams around the league, to be honest with you, about guys being distracted or, you know, guys playing with kids in the middle of meetings, things like that. You know, our guys have been great about really coming to work, being professional, you know, making sure that it's a priority that when they're in that Zoom meeting, they're at work. And I think we've seen a lot of benefits because of it. And talking with the captains throughout these last few weeks, you know, asking them feedback on how do you like the Zoom meetings, you know, as opposed to the in-person ones. And some of the feedback I've gotten is, hey, throughout the weeks, it's not a bad change of having it one day a week or a couple days a week. So, you know, this will be the first time we go three days in a week. We'll have to see how they handle it and how they like it. And, uh, Again, we'll evaluate at the end of this week and see what we have to do going forward.
So is that a rule you have to have your camera on? You have to be able to see the guy? Yeah, look, if we don't see your eyes, you ain't there. Look, look I learned in the spring real fast. I got a 10-year-old who figured out he could put dot, dot, dot connecting on the bottom of his Zoom, and the teacher just wouldn't call on him. So it's like, you know, you got to kind of learn all these little tricks and stay ahead of it that, you know, we got to see your eyes and know you're locked in the meeting. So you're consulting your 10-year-old on how to run these? No, I'm just observing criminal activity <laughs> and staying ahead on enforcement. Okay. <laughs> Last one here, Pat Leonard. Hey, Joe, Darius Slayton, I know everyone considers him a, a dangerous deep threat. He's, his toughness has shown up this year. It seems he has left several games banged up but doesn't spend a long time on the sideline and often ends up maybe making a big play later in the same game where it looks like he gets banged up. Is, um, is that indicative of what you see from him as a player and a person? Yeah, absolutely. This guy's a mentally tough guy, Pat. Look, this guy's had things going back to being a training camp that he's had to fight through and deal with. And you never hear him complain. You never hear an excuse from him. You know, the only thing he ever asks is the trainers, what can I do today? How much more can I do? Where can I push to? And he just keeps working on the field. He's a tough dude. He's tough-minded. He's made big plays for us. And, you know, I mean, I mean, I rock to say it's an Iron Bowl week, but, I mean, I'd say this guy, most of the uh, Auburn players I've been fortunate enough to coach have all been tough dudes like Darius. So he hasn't disappointed.